Welcome to the Conversion Tracking Playbook, where we share how to overcome tracking challenges that e-commerce brands face today and real-world examples of transforming data into insights. Welcome to another episode of the Conversion Tracking Playbook. I'm your host, Brad Redding, and today we'll be talking about 10 things that I think about the GA4 announcement. Real quick, if you did not hear the news yet, Universal Analytics will be sunset in July 2023. That's where essentially any data that you're sending to your UA-111-1 property will no longer be accepted, and your access to your historical data will be limited to six months or potentially longer and Google has announced the the exact cutoff date that you'll you'll no longer be able to access your old data but in any case July 2023 that's when everyone will default to GA4 and you can already see it inside your analytics properties today that Google is really pushing you to move over to GA4 for your regular analysis very shocking but it is what it is. So let's move forward. And I'm just going to share a few thoughts today solo on what I think this announcement means and what to expect for, for you in the next year or so. So number one, this is the easy one. If you, I think if you don't have GA4 property collecting data already, you need to get that up and running. So at the minimum, you have it up for a year. So when you do transition over to the GA4 property July 2023 that you do have that year over year data comparison. So if you are an LLVR customer, if you've gone through LLVR onboarding, downloaded our pre-built tag templates on your own, chances are you likely already have this set up, but double check, just make sure you have GA4 property data collecting and recording, including revenue, not just your base tag. You want to have all of your e-commerce events like product views, add to carts, initiate checkout, purchases, et cetera, because just the base tag, which we saw many people doing. So when Google initially announced, when they transitioned from app plus web to GA4, which is what it used to be called, we saw many customers and brands just installing that base tag to at least get some data collecting, but just the basic page tag won't really do a whole lot for you in the long run. So that's number one. I think if you don't have a GA4 property collecting your full funnel data, I think you should do that as soon as possible. And in the show notes, there's a link to our guide on how to get started. You can use one of our free containers if you are not an LLVR customer. Number two, I think that most brands likely won't shift to really using GA4 until Q1 next year. I believe this year will be a lot of learning collecting the data, obviously, like we just talked about, dabbling a little bit in reports, maybe starting to use funnels, potentially asking others to extract insights from GA4 and compare it to Universal Analytics. I could see potentially going down the path of much more comparison. So comparing Universal Analytics to GA4, just to see if there's an apples to apples comparison in data or a match matching of data. But I don't really see brands shifting to using GA4 until Q1 next year, where it becomes a little bit more of a, okay, we've got to do it. It's happening. It's 2023. I just feel like this year with 2022 and everything that's going on in the economy and the world and just focused on the next three to six months and just trying to hit goals and targets, that 
taking on initiative to go to GA4, which it is a steep learning curve, is not just going to make it to the top of the list. Now, that isn't me. That doesn't mean it's the rule for everyone, but I would say the vast majority, just based on talking with many customers and partners, I just uh, I don't see that really becoming mainstream for for most until Q1 next year. Number three, I think that the feature enhancements are great inside of GA4. I also believe as part of that, there will be a pretty steep learning curve, like I mentioned. Just a few of the feature enhancements that it might just be a little bit of time before people catch on to it. Number one is the data-driven attribution setting. So in Universal Analytics, if you're like most, you probably go to your channel grouping or a source medium report just to see what channels are driving conversions, revenue, potentially product views, add to carts, et cetera. But in GA4, you have access to choose what attribution model you want to be the default. So if you prefer to look at all of your reports, so think source medium or channel report, and you want to see the attributed revenue and conversions, et cetera, on a first click model, you can do that. If you want to stay last click, you can do that. If you want to use a data-driven model that Google provides and has really started to roll out in Google ads over last year or two, you can do that as well. This was one of the most common questions that we would get over the past couple of years. We have a, a guide on how to create your own custom attribution model inside of Universal Analytics. And we would simply get the question, hey, this is great in the multi-channel funnel or MCF reports, well, not, not funnels, MCF, where you have your top conversion paths and your model comparison, et cetera. But we, we'd get the question of, hey, can we get the same view that you've created for us here into all of our other reports, like landing page reports, et cetera. And we couldn't do that. So it was very much confined into the uh, MCF reporting inside of Universal Analytics. Anyway, so that's one feature I think will be a boon for most because uh, you can compare. So you can do your comparisons to one another. You can compare your data-driven model to first click, et cetera. The next feature that I'm very bullish on, and we've been using an LOVAR and trying to push customers towards for the last year or so, is funnels. Another frustration with Universal Analytics was just the goal functionality and trying to visualize the goal funnels. Number one, it wasn't historical. So if you had a goal in mind that you wanted to track, you could only actually get that goal set up and visualizing with new data going forward. So there's no way to recreate a goal, um, aka funnel visual inside of Universal Analytics. The funnels were available in GA360 for UA, but now with GA4, they're available for all. So you can create any type of custom funnel. It can be a combination of dimensions and metrics and filters and whatever, whatever you can dream up chances are you can create that as a funnel inside of GA4. So that's a pretty cool feature that we've used a lot and I really enjoy. And ultimately, if you are a longtime customer of LOVAR and remember, we used to have our own custom funnel builder inside of the LOVAR app and it was our most popular feature. And we ultimately had to sunset it just based on some data integrity issues from the Universal Analytics API. But really cool feature in GA4. The next feature inside of GA4 is just the flexibility of dimension and metric usage. And again, this is a little bit in the weeds for analytics nerds like myself, but you can, if you're thinking about your custom events that you're sending to GA4, 
you can attach user property data to it. You can attach any type, think about event action, event label, event category. You essentially have unlimited potential to attach any data to any custom event. So it's uh, if you think about purchase events and our base, our base tag, what we're doing in Elevar and our, our container is including lifetime value and total order count and the customer, the Shopify customer ID and some others. But you can just get really flexible and pulling this data into custom reports in GA4. So you can, again, it's it almost, you're, you're limited by your creativity and the ability of think at the type of insights that you want to extract, but really flexible use that you could be somewhat limited inside of universal analytics for dimension and metric usage. And then the last feature enhancement that I'm going to discuss today is the built-in connections that GA4 has out of the box. And this is one that we were pushing really from the beginning of just trying to educate our customers on the value of it is BigQuery. So think about BigQuery. This was only available, I think, in GA360, but you can now just essentially toggle an option on in your GA4 property settings. And then you essentially have real-time sync of your analytics data going to BigQuery. And then if any data warehousing, reporting, et cetera, that you've built on top of that, you can do that right inside of your, whether it's Looker or some other visualization, you can attach that on top of BigQuery and then do all of your reporting. I can tell you, you can't name names, but we do have several large customers that have been doing this for a long time and they've built their reporting. It's, it's a little bit, the access to data is a little bit faster than what you might get in the actual user, user interface or so your Google analytics.com interface, but that's a pretty cool feature that I'm sure will help enable those brands that really want to go down that road of data warehousing, building their own warehouse, their own visualizations, blending data. If you haven't listened to my episode with Matt Barr from Inquire Labs, we got into the weeds a little bit there on just blending data, building your own data warehouse, et cetera. So that's number three for the 10 things I think that are cool or potentially interesting about this GA4 announcement. Number four, along the same lines, I expect more rapid feature enhancements coming from GA4. Just to get closer to the base UA functionality that most are familiar with, even most recently, a year ago, GA4, you couldn't create different views. Now you can. You can do some customization to channel groupings. Filtering is, is starting to be a little bit more robust on the GA4 property. But in general, I expect the feature enhancements to become more rapid uh, in the next year, just as that July 2023 date comes upon us. So if you log into GA4 today and you are in mid-2022 and you're just thinking, there's no way I can use this, don't give up hope. There's still a year of potential enhancements that will be rolled out that might get you uh, to fill that gap of you just can't visualize a world of using GA4 and not your universal analytics reporting. Number five. This one, it gets a little bit in just my, I don't want to say political, but the GDPR allegations that Google has been facing and not just Google, but use Facebook as another one where Facebook has uh, potentially threatened to turn off Facebook in Europe or various countries based on the whole data processing. So where data is actually crossing the pond over to the US and being potentially stored on US servers, which is not GDPR compliant. But there's been other other instances with Google where in some countries or allegations that Google Analytics is considered illegal for the same reasons or it's not complying with GDPR and there's really no way to control it. 
where again, it just comes to where that data processing is happening, where it's happening outside of Europe and coming over to the US without the user's consent or ability to control that. So obviously the allegations are being taken seriously and I can just assume that it's not expected change. So I don't think GDPR is going to make these massive exceptions for Google and Facebook others while potentially not holding that to other countries. This is just my pure speculation, but I think the Google realizing this and some of these other other big data companies realizing this, that it could be, uh, again, this is where I'd pure speculation, but is it easier for Google to potentially make shifts to support GA4, which they knew eventually they were going to move as their default than it is with Universal Analytics and potentially what they have in place there. So that is one that I think plays into this a little bit or potentially a lot, but something to watch over the next couple of years as well. This is also just another number six for the 10 things I think. I believe they're could be a future where GA4 is hosted locally. So just like Google Tag Manager has their server-side tag type where that's hosted by, when if you go through the signup process, you are essentially creating a Google Cloud account. So you can just think in App Engine server that's that you own, is hosted by you. And that's where you, all of your data that's going to and from the server-side container is happening. I think that could be something that would be interesting as well for GA4. So think about the, the more of the... Uh, your locally hosted analytics reporting. So this one, I could talk 30 to 40 minutes just on its own, but I think that's something just to watch to see what other type of self-hosted analytics could be coming down the road with, with Google and Google Cloud, where then in theory, you could potentially select where you'd want to host your GA4 data. Number seven, the shift to the what I'm calling the DIY reporting and analytics via Data Studio and BigQuery. I think this is also something even before some of the GDPR allegations have come out, but just thinking about the future of privacy and cookies potentially going away, um, I do believe and we believe as, as a company that there's just going to be that larger shift across all analytics and tracking that you simply just you might have to take on more of a burden of responsibility to manage your own analytics collection, managing your own user identifier, managing your own hosting of analytics, potentially managing your own reporting UI. So GA has been great for years because it's just made that process to get you slap a tag in your theme or in GTM and you publish. And then you can log into your dashboard or the different reports that come out of the box. And you just have a host of different ways to extract insights immediately. All these different things that are happening out there between privacy, GDPR, moving, shifting tools, data becoming cheaper to manage, the ability to quote unquote manage a Google Cloud account server is becoming more of a DIY type of process. If you just look at Google Tag Manager server-side container type, all of this is really leading me and, and us to believe that there is that world where there's just a larger reliance on on you, the brand or the company to potentially think about managing this. Now, that means there's going to be a host of different services out there, likely us included, Elevar, that can help make this a little bit more easier. But in general, just see the the days where this is going to happen potentially and monitoring how all of these quote unquote cookie, cookie, opelix, cookie, whatever it is, but managing this, this loss of cookies, whether it's first party, third party cookies, I think that's ultimately going to play in, into this as well.
Number eight in things that I think is data warehousing. So the somewhat related to a few of the past points, but data warehousing will also become more mainstream. And if just that term data warehousing years ago, I think would be potentially scary. You'd need to have someone technical in-house, et cetera. But I do believe the ability that you'll have as a brand to spin this up, up yourself and start blending data into one another. And, and we talked about this with Ron from Rockerbox as well, just with data warehousing and potentially skill set needs to extract data when, once you start piping in data from different sources and advertising sources. But data warehousing will become more mainstream to allow faster querying of data, blending of data, et cetera. And again, I think that built-in GA4 to BigQuery option that historically you have not had, that is going to lead to maybe a little, a little bit of curiosity of, hey, what can we do with this? Now that we have this option, it's pretty cheap to store data in BigQuery and uh, potentially query that, report on it, et cetera. Number nine, many third-party trackers have, maybe not many, but some third-party trackers have historically relied on reading data from Universal Analytics collect events, and this will no longer be available. So I would expect integration updates for channels that aren't going to be named like the Facebooks and Google ads, et cetera, that they have their own tracking and trackers. But I would expect a, a pretty big wave of integration updates to happen for any of these trackers that previously were just trying to rely on what, what Google Analytics was doing already, and then just uh, essentially trying to borrow, quote unquote, borrow that data collection and, uh, and pass it over to their integrations. So that's another one. And on top of that, any reporting integration or anything that was responsible for ingesting data from the Google Analytics API, those systems are going to have to be rebuilt. And using Elevar as an example, so when we we first launched our product, we had insights and funnels and insight alerts, and we were essentially, you would authenticate your Google account, we would connect to your Google Analytics account, your universal analytics account, and then we'd ingest data, and then we'd run that through all these different algorithms to try to extract insights that report on you or report back to you to give you ways to improve. That any system that's doing that, it, it would have to be rebuilt and start pulling that data from GA4, which again, that is likely going to be a rapidly evolving process as well and how to extract data from GA4. So that is another thing to watch out for is just thinking about third-party trackers or other reporting integrations that have historically relied on universal analytics to be the anchor potentially to compare data to. So that's number nine. And number 10 with GA4, talked about this with a few other ones, but just getting ready for the, the ultimate end of cookies or end of third-party cookies in Chrome as well, since Chrome is really the last browser to start to adopt this, to move to GA4. And again, that DIY analytics type, I think this plays into the the things that I think that we're just going to be moving faster and faster and, and more technical for managing a clean and accurate analytics data collection process. I think this will play into that as well. So we, even with the server-side container and the built-in GA4 clients and the built-in universal analytics clients, pretty much everything that was coming through documentation, we're seeing a lot of the GA4 models or objects that were, were coming through. So you're thinking about your item instead of product or item instead of e-commerce that we were seeing with universal analytics. But in any case, we just see a lot, a lot happening underneath the, uh, underneath the hood there with a GTM server side container that is, is leading us to believe that 
things will be server side. There, there will be that's requirement for the brand to have a better hold on the unique identifier that they want to use. And by that, just think about like the GA cookie ID that could be quite a bit different in the server side tagging world. That's 10 things that I think about the GA4 announcement. Subject to change a month from now as more things come out and just learn more about the future. But for now, I hope this was helpful. One thing on the Elevar side is we will be rolling out more education on GA4 and training to help you get ready. Again, we're not trying to just stop everything we're doing with Universal Analytics today. Since going back to number two, I believe that most will still be relying very heavily on Universal Analytics through the rest of 2022. So we'll be keeping up with ensuring that integration is accurate and continuing to push on GA4 where we already have a server-side destination available for GA4 that's been in beta for quite a while that you can get up and running, or you can just use our pre-built GTM client-side tracker or client-side container to get up and running as well. So with that, that's today's episode. If you have any questions or feedback, shoot me an email, brad at getelevar.com. Otherwise, I will see you on our next episode. Did you enjoy today's episode? If so, we release two new episodes per week. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else that you subscribe and listen to your podcasts. I also have a favor to ask. I'd really appreciate if you could leave a comment or review so I can learn exactly how to improve future episodes for you. And last but not least, if you want to connect with me, find me on LinkedIn by searching Brad Redding at Elevar. That's E-L-E-V-A-R. Or you can DM me on Twitter. My handle is I am Brad Redding. I look forward to connecting with you. Thanks again. Thanks again.